Welcome NFL Nation, this is the Fake Punt Podcast with Sunny and Vaz. This show is for all of you out there who do not have the time to watch every single game, every single Sunday. We are going to review them all for you, make our analysis all while you're on your way to work, at the gym or wherever you're listening to. So stay tuned. Week 12 in the books. Thank you very much everybody for listening. I'm going to take over this now, I'm going to start rolling with this. Um, me and Mikey are completely obviously baffled by that week and obviously the playoff pictures is getting into into form now. We're going to speak some Kaepernick, we're going to speak about the week and we're going to also somewhere in the middle when we get to the Ravens, going to talk a little bit about the MVP and what we think and how it should be done, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson is splitting the competition wide open so we need to, uh, we need to come back and talk about how, how realistically the MVP race needs to be decided. Yes, because is he really the most valuable player or is he the best player or how are we going to decide it? But we'll get to that, okay? <laughs> so, um, I'm going to kick us right off with the Colts and the Texans. Colts losing that AFC division game against the Texans 17-20. to Mikey, what's your take on that? I mean, this was a big game. It really, I mean, both teams needed to come out of this with a win. The Texans, Deshaun Watson, has been showing that he is, he is, uh, an electric quarterback. He came in at, from last season where he was being sacked, the most sacked player. Him and uh, Andrew Luck last <laughs> All season. Time. <laughs> yeah, they were the most sacked players. And and the beginning of the season, his O line seemed to protect him a little bit. They did seem to do a good job. Um, but as time has gone on, um, yeah, it, they're not protecting him very well. And um, actually, this game wasn't such a bad one. They did keep him to one sack. Uh, both um, Brissett and um, to Sean Watson was sacked once. I think that this came down to just guts and glory on, on the end of the day, really. It's a good yeah. game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So like in general, I'm, I'm going to sort of kick through it. Obviously at the moment, um, the, you know, the Texans are still looking to take that, um, to take the playoff spot. That was a really, really important win for them because both of the teams were sitting at six in four and yeah. now Texans have taken that lead. So that's, like it's that was a crucial win. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit torn apart on that because obviously um, the Colts were missing Mac as a running back, but obviously Jonathan Williams was doing a very good job. 26 carries, 104 yards, one oh, TD. He's doing bits out there, absolutely killing it. Yeah. Yes, but and obviously you had Heinz also with five yards averaging. You had Jacob Bissett who averaged five yards on four carries, but you only had 25 attempts on Bissett. Yeah, I mean, he spread the he spread the ball around quite a lot. He didn't seem to favor anyone in particular. Uh, he got the ball out to T.Y. Hilton, who uncharacteristically made some drops. Uh, really, yeah. uh, I think that's where it really came down to. Both both the running game from the Texans and the Colts were were pretty good. Um, the the Colts a little bit better, but the quarterback position and the receivers passing the yeah. ball downfield it was. You are still uh, looking was, for the playmaker. Like, as you are saying right now, you're still looking for the playmaker because Indianapolis did have seven minutes more possession. Yeah. That's seven minutes more possession. You don't usually lose that game by three points then. you gotta you got to put some points on the board and they're, like, they're lacking someone who can, you know, make a play right now. Yeah. I mean, on, on offense, receiver-wise, Will Fuller had more receiving yards than pretty much the entire of the receiving core um, combined yeah. from... Well, in fact, he did. He had 140 yards receiving, um, whereas Jacoby Brissett only threw for... 129. Yeah. So, 
the ball was going to move down the field yeah. a lot quicker. Game, the the field position on this was was what won them the game. So yeah, so like I think like this is this is a good show that the Colts are literally one playmaker away from being a legitimate playoff team because they got a good defense, they got a good run game, they have a good offensive line. I think at this moment right now, and um, they're just lacking that you know that playmaker. Good. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next game. Um, we got the Bucks and the Falcons. I just like I. <sighs> you know what? This was actually a pretty fun game to watch. You got two teams that are pretty uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel at the moment. The uh, the Bucks and the Falcons both went into yeah. this game um, three and and seven, um, and they both really aren't really fighting for yeah. anything. The Falcons' defense has turned up out of nowhere. Um, I think they had a little shuffle around with their defensive coaching staff. They had a great effort. Um, uh, against the Saints the other week. And, and they've shown that they can be a strong and productive team. However, in this shootout, the Bucks absolutely did them on it. And and I think it really comes down to the Bucks D-line. I was watching them and, and a healthy Buccaneers D-line trying to keep Matty Ice under pressure the whole yeah. time. Wow. I hadn't actually realized how much talent they've got there. They've got JPP. They've got Nadam Kasu. They've got... Uh, Hargreaves, they've got uh, is it Vito Vea? Is that the new yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaq Barrett coming from the outside? Shaq well, Barrett as well. Pressure. I mean, they were really causing causing massive amounts of trouble for uh, for Matt Ryan, um, who I agree. Re- resort, resorted to the end of the game, having when well, he was trailing, he was launching the ball up, just trying to get the ball downfield, and and did eventually throw an interception. Um, but you know, you can't be blaming for that at that point. Um, I, I think you know. Pretty good showing from from the Bucks defense, though. Yeah. So two takeaways from this one: um, Matt Ryan is over, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's his last year on his contract or not, but I should probably check that before. But like, there's no future. Like, he's he's had one MVP season with Kyle Shanahan, and as it looks at the moment, anybody can have an MVP season with Kyle Shanahan um, <laughs> as an offensive coordinator. At this stage, like the the Falcons need to move on from him. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 for 20, uh, 23 for 46 is not good enough when you have Ridley, Julio Jones, and all the other weapons which they're having at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, Calvin Ridley was, I know, targeted 14 times, but there was not that many drops on there. just nowhere near him. So that's one thing. The other thing is James Winston is James Winston. He's going to throw three touchdowns, two picks. Um, 300 yards, did, yeah. Yeah, did he, is he doing enough to keep his job at the Bucks? That's what I was going to ask you, to be fair. I, I, I said it the other week. I think he's, I think his time is done. He's been making rookie mistakes. Did you see one of those interceptions? Was he was under pressure? He was backed up a little bit, but he didn't. Need, he could have taken a sack. It was only second down. He could have taken a sack. He could have realistically, I reckon, scrambled a little and got the ball out of bounds. But no, yeah. he decided to jump past the ball over the O line yeah. and the pressure that was coming. And it was yeah. just. Jameis, come on, man. Yeah. And some of the throws he's making are not on target. There was a ridiculous touchdown pass to Godwin. Godwin went off in this game. He was making yeah. some unreal plays. Unstoppable. He would have never gotten that many yards if it wasn't for Godwin for 184 no. yards, right? Absolutely. And that, did you see that one-handed behind the back? Yeah, there was no way. Ridiculous <laughs> circus catch that Godwin made. I mean, I have no idea. He had no business catching that. But, yeah. That's, without, that's without that, that, yeah. This so, this sort of where we stand. Um, uh, James Winston itself, he makes terrible decisions, yeah. and you can see that throughout. You know, his college career has done some terrible decisions. During his NFL career, he's touched some girls, you know, inappropriately in cabs and whatever it was. Like it's just it's terrible decision making. Same way with Baker Mayfield, 
Baker Mayfield as a quarterback makes terrible decisions. <laughs> he makes is, good TV adverts, though. I'll give him that. Yes. So, do, do you see Commercial what I mean? Um, I think the the James Winston is doing enough for you know the Bucks to be like in contention for anything at the moment. If yeah. they're if they're not high enough to take a quarterback, you don't really have to. You know, I think James Winston is good enough to like ride another year, but you're not gonna ever have a winning season with him. That's no. No. All right. That's anyways a terrible, terrible conference at the moment. <laughs> Whatever uh, yeah. you want to say. Let's Moving go on to on. the next game because this next game yeah. is, is one that honestly I could not care less about. The Broncos and the Bills. I just well, the Bills are a playoff team. But they're a playoff right? team. How? Okay. I, so this is my theory. I don't um, the Bills obviously have to, you know, get the two Miami wins and get the two New York Jets wins in a sort of sort of four wins. So that's that's not the end of the world. Um they almost beat the Patriots. They did, they, the Patriots only won on the block punt. Like the yeah. Patriots only won on the block punt. So this is the thing is the Bills defense does one thing really well. They play great defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Josh Allen is the most coin flip type of quarterback. He's gonna have either he's more extreme than James Winston and Matt Stafford. Because he's gonna have either, you know, two DDs or four interceptions. Yeah. No who knows? Yeah, he's gonna be either the really good or terrible. Right? So this is where, where we are with them. They play really good defense, so they can keep the people under you know, under 10, 20 points usually. So at that stage, you only need Josh Allen not to make too many mistakes. So they are a, play- they are a playoff team, but obviously they're not going to, the way their quarterback plays is they're not going to go far enough with, you know, Mahomes and Lamar and Brady in that conference. He's got a really difficult route to the, to actually get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, it, no. it's, it's next to impossible. But I think in terms of the From a wildcard spot as well. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, just sort of statistically, if you're coming in from a wild card compared to somebody who's got that bye week, you, you know, you've got to play an extra game. Statistically speaking, it's just, it's, it's the, the odds are longer of you making yeah. it. But I think with the, the Bills offense at the moment, they showed in this game, if they can get the running game going, and same with with every team, okay, Football 101, yeah. but if you can get the running game going, then you can really help your quarterback out. And they had Devin Singletree and Frank Gore, who I don't know how he's still playing football, if I'm completely <laughs> honest. I, mean, I think he's older than Tom Brady. But yeah. between them, they, they had over 35 carries. Uh, and, and that allowed Josh Allen to only really need to throw the ball 25 times. His completion percentage was not high. And he did end up with a, you know 185 yards. But actually, they didn't need him to do much. They didn't actually have to put the pressure on him to win them the game once the running backs had already made this made it made yeah. it theirs so still through pick though <laughs> yeah you know whatever yeah. but this is this is okay i mean you're you're correct you know if you're gonna have 200 plus yards rushing you know you don't need to put that much over the eye and you pick your defense i think that's all right i just don't think they will be able to you know keep up with a team which is you know rather high scoring like a kansas city chiefs team or a ravens you know what i don't even think the bills could keep up with a Tampa Bay team I mean I think anybody that has the ability to put a shit ton of points on the board will blow these guys out of the water yeah. because they're not going to be able to pick up a game trailing the, the Denver Broncos they are not the team to be able Anything. to to put points up on the board Brandon Allen had a shocking uh, turn of events he, he <laughs> again he, he was out there for 25 attempts only 82 yards and inter- interception yeah. I, I just it well, was the thing is, this is, this is what it is. The Broncos guys, have yeah. nothing. 
The Broncos have absolutely nothing. They don't have a no. good line. They don't have a good quarterback. They don't have, a at the moment, an adequate defense. They don't have a good receiving core. They have nothing. No, they have no, no good pieces. There's nothing you can say is really good apart from Philip Lindsay, which is just a wasted talent at the moment in there. So, I like, for the Broncos, they need a complete overhaul. More than, yeah. like, probably close to what Miami is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um they need a complete overhaul. What they're going to do is they obviously have to see where they're going to ad- address what they're going to address with their free agency. The way I know, well, the way I would, I mean, I don't really know John Elway, but from his previous moves, I would not be surprised if he'd make a move for Cam Newton, mm-hmm. right? That he would move for Cam Newton, get Cam Newton in. I don't think this is going to help him, like, at all because Cam Newton needs time in the pocket. Um, Cam Newton needs, you know, space to run with, so not not that much pressure. They need a better offensive line. They need good receivers who can take the DBs away. So there is more than just the quarterback play in there at the moment. I tell you who they clearly weren't interested in, and that is Colin Kaepernick because he worked out this week. And uh, as far as, well, I mean, it is now Wednesday uh, and he has had zero offers. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Oh, Let's it talk about just, what happened. So, it just so Colin Kaepernick, seems a bit much, doesn't it, with Kaepernick at the moment? Yeah. So Kaepernick got invited to work out in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Um, and 25 scouts were meant to be there, 25 scouts. So then when he arrived there, or like a day before, whatever, he got a waiver, which he needed to sign, which will tell him that if you don't, that you will stop suing the NFL, basically. Yeah, we gave you a workout. So, if you don't get a job, that's on you. That's on you now. And it's not anymore because the NFL blackballed you. Plus, there will be no media. Yeah. Okay. So Colin Kaepernick said, nah, fuck it, I don't want to sign that waiver uh, because I am in legalities with you and I think you are still backballing me and I'm going to work out somewhere else where only eight scouts can come to and I want the media there. There's, so there's, a, there's then, a couple wait, of things wait, more she than came, he, Wait, wait. He came and then he showed up in a Kunta, Kunta Kinte shirt, right, which is a geezer from Roots, right? Okay. So that's like the main geezer from Roots. So like you're being like you're trying to compare yourself to the main slave he's ever been um, on on that high school field, and did that workout. So yeah. take that, go from here. I, there's like I said, there's more in play than just that. I mean, from Kaepernick's point of view, I understand why he doesn't want to sign away his rights. He doesn't want to sign a waiver that says he's going to stop suing the NFL. And he wants as many people there as possible. And he wants the media there. He wants to be able to in control of it. Not necessarily everything, but he wants to publicize things. He doesn't want things to be behind closed doors so that shady business can happen. I think the fact of the matter is, I don't think anybody in the NFL was going to take him anyway. I I really don't think that anybody was interested. They were just sending people for the sake of it. Um, however, the whole waiver thing is unusual because why would the NFL hit him on the day with a waiver? He must have known about this waiver beforehand. And if he had any objections to it, then why did he leave it till the day to make those objections? Surely at some point, somebody must have said, oh, this is the waiver. And he must have said, I'm not signing it. So, it can't have been an on-the-day thing. And to move it, scrap it, and just take it to a high school down the road on the day, it sounds like it's just headline-grabbing for me. It just sounds like he's causing up a shitstorm in the media for no good reason. Yeah, yeah 100%. I'm going to take you... I'm going to tell one thing, which is, I believe, uh, going to be 100% fact. And uh, Colin Kaepernick is not going to play in the NFL ever again. He's done. Okay? He's done. Um, number one, he's done because he needed... The reason he wants the media there is because he wants 
like noobs like you, me, Malloy, whatever, to look at it and say like, oh great, he's got good arm. Why is he not playing, etc. But there's so many technicalities of his workout which was not great. Okay, he didn't look to me like he says he looked like to me one of the top 50 quarterbacks or top 60 quarterbacks in the league uh, in the in the country. I think they are high school, uh, their their college kids would be compared to that workout. They could do that arm thing which he had. He's got a cannon of an arm. There was never a question, right? But he's got yeah. terrible footwork. Um, his ball placement is very questionable right now, especially downfield. And he was playing with receivers. I believe he knew very, very well. There were some blind passes he threw. There were, he threw some very good passes where the receivers mm. weren't looking and then they were adjusting to it. As, that you can only do with that with receivers, which you're very, very comfortable with. And yeah. you would never yeah. do that in an actual game when you have a DB either behind or in front of him. This is I think I think that. his mechanics on the day were a bit a bit disjointed. It looked like he was putting too much, you know, yeah. forcing it too much. And uh, well, because it wasn't he wanted natural. to make it look cool, yeah. he wanted to make it look cool, right? He needed the media there because he wanted to make it look cool, and everybody go like, "Oh my God, look, he can throw. He's not getting a job." That's why he wanted the media there. You, I, so my my take is this: either you want to play or you don't want to play, right? Mm-hmm. If you think you're gonna play while suing someone, it's not gonna happen. Right, so they don't like if you want a shot, like even if they were gonna blackball him, even if they wanna like say like we don't actually want to take you there. If you go there in, tr- in front of 25 teams who are actually needed in a quarterback or in a backup quarterback, and you put on a fucking show, and you guarantee them that you're not gonna sue them and you're gonna have a fucking job, I believe that. Right, I don't know that, but I believe that. I think if he would stop the suing thing and um, work out really, really well, but I don't think he could work out really well. I don't think he, like, he is in shape and stuff. It's good, but it didn't look like that, that it would be worth taking all, on, all of that on right now. Do you oh, know what I mean? Also, we're in week, we're going into work, uh, week 13 of 16 yeah. of all the playoffs. I don't need that distraction. You know, you don't yeah. want that guy coming onto your team and causing all this hoo-ha and fuss because it is a massive distraction. Likewise, also, did... you're already late in the season. You've only got four games left if you're not going to the playoffs. Why bring this guy in? and waste your time with him when you're going to get a nice high draft pick next year and pick someone from college. Also, the thing is, he keeps saying, like, he wants to have the leverage on the NFL. You're not going to get the leverage on your employer. That's that's the fact of employee and employer. That's just the way life works. It doesn't matter if the fans like you or not like you, or if the country likes you or not like you. Fact on employee, the employer does have the leverage on you because they decide. Simple. You know, like, give them the choice back and then work out as good as you possibly can. But you didn't want to do that because you knew you couldn't work out as well and you didn't want to give them a choice because your most important thing is was to go out there in a Kunta Kinte t-shirt, be number one slave. We're not even talking about like op- officers, like like all these things we are saying right now about the injustice, but we're talking about slavery, right? <laughs> so you want to say you're the number one slave in America? What? Whatever. Anyway, uh, let's move on from that. It's much. the last time we spoke about him. One good thing did come out of this though. and One yes. of the receivers that he trained with uh, got an invite to try out the Browns. So which at least something good curious, did come out of it. Yeah. Which is very curious <laughs> with, with teams like um, like Philadelphia, Colts, Broncos, people who are actually receiver heavy needed, didn't. It's the Browns who have Landry and Ode, Ode Beckham Jr., which is questionable itself. They were sending a message. They were sending a message saying, look, we're not blackballing people. It's just you. You, we don't like you. you. Um, All right, let's right, move on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on and let's talk about um, the next game we have is the Giants and the Bears. Uh, yes. Bears took a win in a, another another game that really, who cares what happens in this game? This is, we're all just competing for who gets better draft picks at this point. Yeah, so, I'm gonna tell you one thing though is um, I've I've been like hearing, well, we've been reading and hearing some stuff about Jason Garrett minding maybe being the new head coach of the New York, New York Giants. He's been in the talks there. I think that would be that would be really fun television. 
that would be fun television for Jay because I think Jason Garrett think? is going to get sacked. Yeah, yeah I oh, think Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett is gone. I think he's gone. The question is, is he gone now or is he going to go after the season? Because they're not going to go to the Super Bowl. And with that team, they should have gone to the Super Bowl. Um, it's, they might even miss the playoffs right now. So they might mm-hmm. even miss the playoffs. So that, I think he's definitely gone because especially the Cowboys will get to that. But the Cowboys team is clearly uh, mismanaged and miscoached right now. So, But it would be... How, how do you think it would be if he would become the new head coach of the Giants? I don't know if they can do that because these are two of the most televised, mo- you know, you've got America's team and then you've got the the, the New York football giants of, of uh, you know, the Big Apple. I don't know if... If you're Jason profiles, Garrett, are you taking the job? At this point, yes. Look at the way that New- the New York Giants are now 2-9. and nine. You're coming into a 2-9 and nine team. You lit- I mean, there's only a couple of games to lose and you could do worse. I mean, it's very difficult to go downhill from here. So... Why not? If you're going to get sacked, roll the dice, go to the Giants. I don't care. Um, I think it'll be banter. Yeah, be banter why not? in the division. Why not? Um, I, I think that I think that they made at the beginning of the season when Daniel Jones came on for Eli, they made the right choice. They put Eli in the back uh, and and brought Daniel Jones out. Um, he did have a good start this time. This game, he did better. You know, he he did he did enough to put a somewhat halfway decent performance out against the Bears defense who are actually pretty good you know when we go back to it, the monsters of midway not quite but they are pretty good um yeah but when your offense is given the ball twice from interceptions okay you've got to you've got to capitalize on that that's where good teams win any mistake that's made by the opposition the offense has to capitalize on it and the Giants weren't able to do that in this. Trubisky was fucking awful again. Always um, Trubisky. Oh, I mean, who who is making the decision to give Trubisky the ball forty-one times? Okay. Well, that's yeah. They're checking right now what they have in him. They're going max out, checking what they have in him because you know there are some good free agent quarterbacks going to be available. We're going to speak about. We can speak about this next week actually. Um, we're going to speak about the free agent quarterback class coming up. Because they, I see like some quarterbacks, you know, like Philip Rivers and stuff like that, who might be really available, actually. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about. Um, okay, so let's moving on. Let's talk. St- let's talk your Steelers and the Bengals. Steelers won 16-10. Obviously, it's against the Bengals, who are, you know, riding that 0-11 record right now, maximizing, <laughs> you know, wanting to guarantee that number one pick. Um, but when you looked at the Steelers' play, Mason Rudolph got, you know, benched for Delvin Hodges. Which is, uh, he didn't do much better, I suppose. But where do, where do you see the Steelers right now? This is I'm, really I'm not talking about the Bengals. I'm not talking this, about the Bengals. This is really disappointing because, okay, the Bengals team, this is the worst the Bengals have ever been. Okay, bear that in mind. This is literally the worst Bengals team. This is the first time in franchise history they've ever gone 0 and 11. Yeah. Okay, so bear that in mind. The Steelers, up until halftime, were, were not even in contention for this game. With with Mason Rudolph at the helm, they were doing absolutely nothing. Like, not not impressed with them at all. They were losing this game at halftime. You put Devlin Hodges on, three plays later, he scores a touchdown. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that... He's the saviour. He, yeah? he is the saviour of the team, exactly. But, fuck me. Like, it obviously wasn't that difficult, was it? Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I, well, I, I think that, that Rudolph is 
Rudolph has been through the wars literally at the moment. Um, he's been knocked out. <laughs> he's been hit yeah. with his own helmet. He's, he's, he's you know. But at this stage, me, yeah. at this stage, um, if you're the Bengals, I, I was, I said I was not going to talk about them. I'm going to say one point. If you are the Bengals, do you pay and uh, AJ Green? Do you pay him? Do you tag him, or do you let him go? If it was me, I'd try and make some money out of him whilst he's worth it. Well, no, is he in have, a contract have, year, is he? No, so he is, he is, is his last contract a oh, year. Okay. okay. So you have to either tag him, pay him a long contract, him. or you're going to have to let him go. Frankly, I'd pay him. Yeah? I'd pay him because he's been carrying that team for a while now. Yeah. I wouldn't let him go. I, I think he's too good to let go as well. Yeah. I think he's too good to let go. I think whoever comes in is, you know, is 100% better with him there. Than you got to, you got to, you got to support a quarterback coming in. And yeah. I think they're going back to Andy Dalton this week. Um, not that it really matters, but you need, you need to support your quarterback. <laughs> and if you, if you don't give them any receivers, then yeah, you're not, you're not yeah. helping anybody. No, like in any, in any stage, you're gonna have to have a receiver anyway. So everybody, you can't win without it. And I think he's still like a top five receiver at any stage. So. I wouldn't let him go. I would give him a big contract, and if someone is ready to trade for him for, for like a lot of picks and yeah, stuff, then I'll yeah, do it away. So either way, I would not tag him. There's one thing. There's one thing. I think the Bengals are going to tag him, which is probably not the right move to go. But no, okay. No. I think what, is good, what was a good sign, though, from the Steelers was the defense was absolutely incredible again. Um, fine, they, uh, they did let in 10 points against a pretty crappy Bengals team. But Minka Fitzpatrick... Um, Again, proving hit why he is just incredible. Um, Joe Hayden had a great day, uh, and then again the 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 D line and, and outside backers, Bud Dupree, um, T.J. Watt, the likes of that, just just killing it. So I'm really happy with the way that um, the Steelers' defense is coming together. I am concerned that at the moment we are in a wild card position. We are going to the playoffs at this point. If we can scrape through. We've got the Browns this week. Uh, they obviously kicked Shavers of the week. Uh, we need to win that game. There are very little chances that we will succeed going through any of the top yeah. four teams in the AFC. I don't want yeah. to see us I think the Browns can still the pick Patriots, up. Like, the Ravens, yeah. the Texans, or the Chiefs. I don't even we'll want to see us against the Bills. Were, were the Browns in the... Were they on the bye week? I don't actually know. Huh? Were the Browns in the bye week? No, they played the Dolphins. Oh yeah, they were playing the Dolphins. So I think the Browns can still make it. By the way, they can still make the playoffs as a. But we'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think they can still go ten and ten and six and make the um, extra wild card. Anyways, let's move on. Are you ready to talk Lamar Jackson? I I think we have to. All right. So, as this at this stage, you know, I've been bashing on Lamar Jackson obviously a lot. Okay, for his throwing incapability. He did throw for five touchdowns. (laughs) He did throw for his touchdowns. And for the first, I'd say, seven games in the season, he was not throwing very well. But for the last three games, you know, he's got 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 142. There's not much I can say about that. (laughs) There's not much I can say about that. So, like, yes, he was a bad passer. He's becoming a better passer right now. So what am I seeing right now? I think Lamar Jackson at this stage is a clear MVP because yeah. um, just he's playing at a level which is unheard of. 
Um, I thought he was like a dual type of thing like Mike Vick was, but he's better. He's, he's better right now. Um, I think he has he is at his ceiling right now. Okay, he's getting in year two. This is the ceiling he will be at. I don't think he will be ever any better. I, I agree. I don't think but, he will be ever any better. He will, he's, uh, he's, also putting, he's also putting five touchdowns up in the space of three quarters. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> so he's rushing, he's rushing for 100 yards. He's throwing for 200 yards. And he's scoring like five touchdowns a game. This is like his ceiling. The same way Patrick Mahomes had his ceiling. And that's, he will never be better at that. That's yeah, where we are. Yeah, but that's fine. If your ceiling yes. is, is all-purpose over 300 yes. yards and five yes. touchdowns, then... I'll take that. That's pretty, that. a pretty high this, ceiling. Like this, this thing is one thing we have to say. Um, I think it's an incredible, um, an incredible achievement of John Harborough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, Jamar, Lamar Jackson is phenomenally talented. Like yeah. you cannot say he's probably one of the, if not the most talented person in the entire NFL right now. Um, but like to see his last, you know, his playoff game against the against the uh, Chargers. Right, where he was like two for eleven, I think it was in passing. Right, and Jim Harbour still stuck with him, even though everybody was calling for Flacco. Everybody was calling Flacco. Jim Harbour stuck with him, and he went down in and said, "Okay, Lamar Jackson, this is what you can do. You can you can run the ball really well. We're gonna run you more between the tackles. We're gonna run the player run option. And what I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna give you those dumb passes, you know, into the outside flats. This is what yeah. you're gonna get." Every now and then you get one between the inlines. You know, this is the ones he threw to uh, the, the one touchdown he threw to Hollywood Brown. There was between the lines, but I'm not gonna let you throw those big QB passes because he can't. Yeah, it's just it's a fact. He can't, but he doesn't have to. Like you know, he, like he at this this game has shown he does not have to be a, a normal quarterback type. Yeah, he's playing to strengths. Yeah, if, he, if, he, if he rushes for 100 yards and he rushes really well between the tackles it's not like one QB boot outside you know what we play in Madden you know you sort of QB booted everybody backs bar and you sort of rush up inside the line no no he runs between the um, between the tackles really well if he can do that for you know 8 to 10 times for 100 yards which he always gets and he can complete 200 yards um, over you know via passing that's 300 on purpose with you know a couple of TDs in it he doesn't make interceptions they don't and Jim Harbour doesn't let him throw the big, like the big time and heavy passing routes because he can't. But that's why he doesn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't make Absolutely. any mistakes. Like he throws the balls and he doesn't put it on the ground. He doesn't fumble and he doesn't throw interceptions. So at the moment, at this stage, Lamar Jackson is the very best player in the NFL. This offense is lightning. This offense is just incredible right now. The combination of uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram running the ball. The, the receivers that they've got right now as well with Boykin, with Marquise Brown, with the tight end connections that they're, that they're, they're throwing. Yeah, it's just, need. You can't, I, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how you stop this, this kind of thing. Cause at this stage, you, you like, see, I'm, you see some of the teams who have been categorically have been very, very good and they are clinical. The, the Patriots of this world who they turn up, the defense does their thing. The offense puts 25 points up. They will go home and they have a, a nice brandy in front of a fire or something like that. I, it, it, that's what I imagine Tom Brady does when he gets home. But <laughs> you look at the, this Ravens offense. They are having so much fun. They're on the sideline hooping and hollering. They're having a great time. They absolutely love 
playing football yeah. and they are crushing it and they're they're actually a pleasure to watch because you never know what's going to happen next you can just a- anything could happen and i think one of the biggest things that is a accolade and it shows just how good lamar jackson is right now is robert griffin the third who is pretty much the same quarterback okay when you think about it he's the same uh, quarterback. Yeah. all right and he he's a rush run heavy quarterback he's very quick He's very agile and he can't yeah. make massively difficult throws, but he can get the ball out. So they don't, they haven't changed the offense at all. Okay. All they did when they got into the fourth quarter was they just took Lamar Jackson out. They put Robert Griffin <laughs> in. They ran the exact same plays. Yeah, they yeah. ran the exact same style. It is, and Robert it Griffin is, went yeah. one for three in passing yards and had minus three rushing yards in on three carries. So it just shows you that you can plug and play somebody who's suited for that position and they will never be as good as Lamar Jackson is right now. Okay. So obviously this is a huge, 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 huge uh, kudos to um, Ozzy Newsom and Eric DaCosta. Okay. Ozzy Newsom was the, um, was the GM now. Uh, Eric DaCosta is the GM for the, uh, for the Ravens and they have built a team by strength. They have brought in the right running backs because Mark Gimming is the correct running back for those inside runners. They have brought, look, they could have done a lot of things. They could have also brought in Melvin Gordon and something like that, you know, who's more like an outside threat. But they've brought in the correct running back. They've brought in, they have clearly seen behind what everybody else has missed uh, with Lamar Jackson in the, um, in the, in the draft. They have brought in the correct receivers. Okay. They've brought in the correct receivers because when you look at it, do you have that clear number one outside threat? No, what you have you is don't. you have a lot of tight ends who are big bodies. Yes. They can go up and get a ball. Yes. They can box someone out and they can yes. catch it in, in trouble. And you, got, and you got and you got quick and you got quick types. You have the, those quick. The, Willie Sneed is not a downfield receiver. He's like more of a Julian Edelman type inside guy. The same way as Maxi Marquis Brown. I don't see as an outside guy. He's also like more of a Z receiver. You know, he just goes a little bit deeper. They they have just built the perfect team to run this offense, which clearly nobody's equipped for to stop because. Hypothet- like over the as I've said over the last 15 to 10 years, um, the way offenses were built are to pass the ball and occasionally run, right? So defenses have been sort of equipping for that, and you know they have those they have those they have those pass rushers more, they have they're less run less run blocking, more cornerbacks, more safeties, etc., etc. And the defensive coordinators are more of more sort of speaking that. So now the Ravens have done something which the entire NFL is not equipped to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not equi- Nobody is, I think, equipped to stop the uh, the Ravens right now because you need a really heavy run defense, which nobody really has. <laughs> okay, so at what point are we going to say Lamar Jackson is going to be this year's league MVP, and well, how are we stage... deciding that? Okay, so this is this is a, this is a new conversation so, because the way I see the MVP has been done by the, over the last years, it's the statistically best quarterback. Yeah. Is the statistic the quarterback who's put up the most stats, the most impressive stats, the best QBR, the most touchdowns, the most yards, the least amount of interceptions? Okay. If I look at that, I think Lamar Jackson is very much in the in the in the calling right now, and Russell Wilson as well. If I if I look at it for if I look at it from another perspective, is he the most important player? Does I mean, they've shown that without without Lamar Jackson, when they put RG3 in, who is a pretty competent, you know, running quarterback as well, they've shown that the offense doesn't work yes. the same when he's not there. So to to get this de- to get this offense going, 
you need Lamar Jackson. But do you also need Mark Ingram? So does the offense work the same without Mark Ingram? So is he the pivotal point? When you look at offenses and you say that offense does not work without that player. So how do you believe the the big cog in the machine? Is it Lamar Jackson or is it somebody on a different team who is completely carrying them like Christian McCaffrey? Or Pritchard Lindsay then? Do you know what I mean? Or, or, yeah, or, or, or Lindsay. Because without them, that offense doesn't get off the ground. Without Christian McCaffrey, the, uh, the Panthers do yes. not win a game this year. Yes. So this is how what I would do. Okay. Um, I would get rid of the MVP straight okay. up. Because there's no way of um, really saying who is the most valuable player. Because you're not giving it a category. Right. Okay. So I'd say I'd give a I would give more than one trophy out first of all, because it's clearly only going to the QBs at the moment. So just call it a QB trophy. You know, I'd kill the statistically best quarterback in that season. The quarterback who has the best QBR, who has the best the most yards, the best touchdown to interception ratio, and the most touchdowns and the least amount of interceptions. Out of that, I'd make a a factoring out of it. Whoever comes up with the best number is the one who wins. All right. Um, then I'd come up with a um, with a defense, the same one for a defensive player. Okay, the statistically best defensive player. Okay, the player who has the most sacks or the most uh, defensive passes uh, um, reflected, the most interceptions reflected, and whatever. And then I would give that statistically best defensive player an award. Okay, but I would have also one award which is clearly for a percentage. Of offensive production. Okay. Do you see what I mean? So um, where Christian McCaffrey's percentage of offensive production would be much, much, much higher than anybody else's. Right? The same way Aging Greens was last season. Sure. Right? The same way. Because now you're not judging anymore the quarterback who's the – like every receiving yard is also a quarterback yard. Right. Yeah. So you don't judge that because the quarterback gets a trophy for he wants. Now you can judge either the receiver, the running back, or maybe at some stage an offensive lineman who's making mm-hmm. them as pancakes. So I think that would be a fair way of doing it. The same way for um, the defensive side, I would make a trophy for the most contributed defensive plays. Do you see what I mean? The most end-to-end yard tackles, the most stopped plays, or the most pressures, or whatever it is. Right. It wouldn't mean like a statistical one, but the one who contributed the most. Because I think like there are a couple of defensive linemen, especially from Tennessee right now, right, um, who are completely out of any sort of contention in anything, but are doing a phenomenal job. An oh, and absolutely looking at job. a pretty weak, apart from Derek Henry, looking at a pretty weak Tennessee team. Yes. They are in there for best Did player they? on that team. Yeah. Yes. So this is what I mean. I would give. I would give a. Offensive statistically best quarterback player, and then an offense and defensive statistically best defensive player, and then I would give one for the most percentage carried of offensive production, and the same way most percentage of defensive carried production trophy, and then I would be happy. Okay, I, I'll, let me float this one by you. Okay, what about if we were to look at the player that had the most impact per team? This is my theory. On how do you measure the how, impact? How we can so without that player you would win less games, okay? So that may be an offensive or defensive position. So looking at the Steelers, all right, for example, you've got TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, you've got Bud Dupree, you know, you've got a handful of guys on defense who without them, you would be losing games. On offense, you haven't got anybody singularly there who is winning that game for you. 
Yeah. yeah. Mason Rudolph, Devin Hodges, they're not winning games. You've not got yeah. Juju Smith-Huster. He's been out for a few games. He's, he's not winning games. Likewise, James Conner, he's out. He's not winning games. So there's no offensive player. So in terms of that, that, you can have a defensive player. So you take the player who has the most impact on that individual yeah. team. And then you run it like a bracket-style tournament. How about that? So you <laughs> have a, a pairing or something. You take the division. So you say, is the impact that... Minka Fitzpatrick, for example, has on his team more important than the impact that Lamar Jackson has on his team. No, Lamar Jackson wins in that division. Lamar Jackson wins out of all of the four teams in that division, really. Let's face it. You've not got anybody on the Bengals. You've not got anybody on the Browns. So the AFC North um, most important player, most valuable player, therefore, is Lamar Jackson because he has more impact on his team than anyone else there. You run, you then you've got four divisions in each conference. You do it that way. You break them down. Who's the most important player out of the conferences? Then you come up with a conference versus conference. And then you've got a Super Bowl game, basically. AFC versus NFC. Who is the most important player in the AFC and the NFC? Well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And I don't know how I you like do it. it. It could be a public vote or it could be a players only vote or something like that. But there you go. That's my theory on how you can I, li- I like it. I like it. But then you have, like, the one thing I'd say about it is so you have the same thing as you have Super Bowl right now, where you have a lot better teams in the NFC and you have a lot more better players in the NFC than you have in the AFC. Okay. Which is just what it is. But. <laughs> okay. Someone has got to win, anyways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. 100%. Good. Um, let's crack on with this. Um, yeah, we've got a few games uh, to blitz through and then we're yes. done. Yeah. And this is what we're going to do with this game. We're going to blitz it. Uh, Dolphins, Browns. Dolphins lost 24-41 to the Browns. The Browns have a clear shot at the moment at the wild card. They can get it. They have to win all five next games. Sunny, do they win the next five games? Uh, they're going to go. I think they've got the Steelers next there this week. Um, they can win that. And they can win it. I hope they don't, but they can. Um, I, I just, I can't. I don't believe that they've turned the corner. I don't believe that they are. They are a better team now than they were at the beginning of the season. I really don't. So I don't think they have it in them. They are a eight and eight team, I reckon, at the end of the season. Fine, fine. That's what it is. Dolphins is. The Dolphins are where they are right now. <laughs> and rebuilding without cares, the first, no? without without the fucking first pick. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, Panthers Saints. Panthers Good. Saints. Panthers Saints. Yeah. Saints are clearly. I'd say Saints are one of the. Top three teams, I'd say, right now, or even I'd give them even the second spot after San Francisco. It's tough, though, man. These these guys know how to lose a game. (laughs) That's true. They won won this one. They won this one, 31-34 against the um, against the Panthers, which was a close one, but I still won it. Um, If we're going like again, Panthers are not relevant right now. Cam Newton is out. Um, I don't know what they what I see in Allen. I don't think he's a a future. If I was the Panthers. I'd fucking sign Cam Newton for more for more time because he was a, he was an MVP. He got you to the Super Bowl. He was playing as a actual pocket passer until you know that that there were actually almost at the Super Bowl win until that one Miller fumble, forced fumble. You know what I mean touchdown, whatever it was. Yeah. So the Panthers are for me not 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 relevant right now. With the Saints, I see a problem in the defense. Okay, at the moment. Um, I do see a little bit of rust on <laughs> Drew Brees, and yeah. I'd still give him. I'd still give him a. You know, I still see him as the second best 
team in the league because it's still Drew Brees. He's still like even though he's rusty, he's still 30 for 39, 300 yards, three TDs, one interception. They can obviously run the ball with Murray and Kamara. Um, I think they are in contention, but nobody's talking about them. Why is nobody talking about them? I think this week going into a game against the Falcons where they had their ass handed to them last time they played yeah. them is a big game. I mean, they the Saints need to come into this game and they need to put the boot into into Atlanta because they need to prove that they deserve to be at the top of their division yeah. and that they deserve to have the bye week going into yeah. the, into the playoffs. Yeah. So there we and go. And I also want them to show that, you know, the Falcons defense is a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to give the team... I don't want the Saints to give me more reason to keep watching Matt Ryan. I don't want the Falcons to give 35 points up to Jameis Winston and the Bucks and then... Nine lose, to yeah, do, do nothing to breathe. So, so there we go. Good. Um, another one which I didn't expect, Raiders-Jets. Raider, Jets absolutely demolished Raiders 334. What happened there? I mean, I, I don't get this game. I really don't. I, I think both teams have just sort of given up, don't care, whatever. But it looks like out of the half, the Jets came out a different team. I mean, they put 21 points up in the third quarter. <sighs> Derek Carr was fairly ineffective for the... For the um, oh, fairly ineffective... Uh, Sam Darnold actually had himself a good game. Um, 20 29, 300 yards, two touchdowns against the Raiders. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I do like what I see from Sam Darnold, though. Like, there is something to him. Um, I think he's a little bit better than people make him out to be. Mm-hmm. I think he does need receivers desperately. Some are bigger. Yeah. I think he's a good I think he's a good kid. I think he can run the ball as well if he has to. And he's got a good arm. And he looks like he can read it, but there's nowhere to deliver it to, really. So the Jets desperately need a good receiver. And the Raiders are just... Like, you never know what you're going to get with the Raiders, unfortunately. Um, I, th- I like Derek Carr as a quarterback because he's having a shit season. Uh, I don't think John Gruden is the right man for the job at the moment because he's not doing a terrific one. Uh, they were surprisingly good just because of the running game, but unless you have a good running quarterback with it, I don't think where you can go with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, there's, there's two teams that they're both done for the season, so yeah. they're just winding down. Another another two teams that are both done for the season and winding down. Your Lions took a heavy loss on the road to the Redskins. Only we, only uh, we can be that one. Only we, like, if the Redskins go two and fourteen, like those two, one of them had to be the Lions, right? Yeah. But the Lions yeah. obviously have no uh, no quarterback in there right now. They also have no desire to win anymore. And like I'm done. It's at the moment. It's it's very disappointing because I think they started so well, and it all started with that you know the first tie, then the loss against Green Bay, then the loss against the Chicago, and then the loss against the Vikings, and you're yeah. sort of losing that division one, and you're not you're not scraping your way out of it. But I think they were starting re- started really good with a good defense, a good offense. I just they sort of just lost motivation once once they sort of gone out of the division. Yeah, just, I, I just. Just said. I feel I feel sorry for the Lions, but um, I also uh, don't care that much. So sorry. <laughs> okay, moving on. Jaguars lost this one to the Titans. The Titans are the only team I can see sort of in that contention for that wildcard spot right now because I mm-hmm. really like their defense. I do really much like the head coach. I think my regular is doing a great job with what he was given there. Um, Ryan Tannehill is not giving the ball away. That's all he needs to do. Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Oh my God. That guy. Like, 
you see what I mean with the with the offensive player carrying game or uh, award? You know, like how much percentage of offensive production is coming from Derrick Henry? Oh, so much. So much. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So this. Yeah. This is this sort of this sort of way I would give it to Ryan Tannehill is doing everything like he's doing fine. He doesn't need to give the ball away. Uh, he doesn't need to do the really big throws like he's doing fine. You know, 250 yards, two TDs, no interception, which is the most important thing. He also rushed for two TDs. Let's not forget that. Um, I, I think so the, I think it's tricky though because, like you've said, the the Titans have got a run at knocking the Browns out of this wild card spot, but they've got a tough run to go through to get that. They've got to beat the Texans and the Saints uh, on the road. So. Oh, well, they've got the Texans at home and away. They've also got the Saints on the road. They've got the Raiders and the Colts. Raiders and the Colts, I think they can do it. Texans twice and the Saints, they're going to struggle with that. We'll see. Um, I think, like, I'd like the Titans to do it because I just, you know, I like them a lot more than the, the Browns. Um, also, the fact what you have right now of Jaguar, Nick Foles, you know, this is great that you complete 32, um, you know, completions for 275 yards, uh, but no, t- no touchdowns. Like, Give he's me not, Minshew! Like... I don't, I don't know what you're doing right now. I think you stuck with, you stick with with Nick Foles. You play him as much as you can, and if you don't have it, you have a good reason to move on from him. But it is what it is. He's paid, so you might as well make the best of it. And Minshew is at the moment like the probably the very best starting quarter uh, um, backup quarterback. And I would not be surprised if someone sort of trades for him. But I don't think the Jaguars will want to trade him away because. You know, Nick Foles is just an in and out day, and having Minshew as a backup is very a very good luxury. Yeah, exactly. I think it's between Minshew and Matt Moore as well for the for the best backup. For the yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Okay. Um, now there are four games. Oh, sorry, three games left that we've got to talk about. Um, the Cowboys Patriots. I don't want to go into detail too much on. Neither do I want to talk about the Seahawks Eagles. But I do want to talk about the 49ers kicking the living daylights out of the Packers. I get it. Let me do Cowboys Patriots quick then. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Cowboys were never in this game, really. They did have two opportunities to win the game. Let's say this one. Um, both at the end of this, in the end of the second quarter, where, well, just before half, you could have gone for the fourth down and gone for the touchdown. You didn't do that. You didn't go for the touchdown at the end of it as well. You give the ball every time away. Like it's just a very terrible coaching decisions made by the pay, uh, by the Cowboys. When you go into Foxborough, you gotta play to win. You have to play to win. You have enough. Like, if you're settling for 20-yard field goals, you're not going to win in, in Foxborough. Like, give it give it a shot into the end zone and let the Patriots start and on the 15-yard line. Yeah. Like, there was yeah, a 15-yard exactly. fourth down where they went for the, for, the, for, the, for the field goal. And, you know, it's 15 yards. Let Tom Brady, you know, try to drive the ball for 85 of it, right, and not go for the field goal. So, it's just a terrible coaching decision. And I think very much Jason Garrett is out. Um I think it would be weird to fire him right now, but the Cowboys are not going to make the Super Bowl, and then he will be 100% out. The Patriots done exactly what they have done. I think, you know, Bailey looked okay, but there's a huge problem with the passing game, a huge one, and I do not think they can compete with um, Baltimore or Kansas City in that stage, especially as Patriots' biggest re- weakness is the run defense, and we know what the Baltimore Ravens can do really well. No, I completely agree. I completely Good. agree. Good. Um, Move on. Let's, let's just quickly do the Seahawks-Eagles game then. I'll okay. quickly run through that one. Um, this goes to show you how bad the Eagles defense is and how talented Russell Wilson is. That's yeah. literally the only thing that happened here. The The D-line uh, got after Wilson. There were six, six sacks against Russell Wilson. Um, he was under a lot of pressure. But what's interesting is 
Wilson threw one interception. He was sacked six times. The Seahawks as a whole had 12 penalties in the game compared to the Philadelphia two. And yet they were completely unable to capitalize on it as a Eagles offense. So you've got Carson Wentz throwing the ball 40, 45 times, 256 yards, one, one touchdown, but also two interceptions. So you've got at a certain point, you've got a question, guys, what is going on? How are you not able yeah. to capitalize on the work that's happening here? But, um, but there you go. Um, yeah, Wilson. so uh, quick one. I think Wilson didn't show his best game, but it showed that Carson Wentz is having huge trouble right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's far away from where he used to be at that MVP-type race. And, you know, he when in that MVP conversation, he was only in there because he had like 33 touchdowns at that stage. But he's, he was always a little bit below average. That's why they paid him way too early at that stage um, and way too much money. So yeah. I think, like, if he gets a little bit, a couple of... He has no receivers. There's no one he can throw to. But I don't think it would get much better with him either. So it is what it is. Let's get to your game, which you love. Oh, I, I think this was fantastic. This was a game that was very defining for the league this year um, because everyone had been questioning the 49ers and they had been saying, ah, they haven't really played a powerful offense. They can't, and we said it as well, they can't trail a game. They, they, yeah. can't, be, they can't be chasing a game from behind. So with a powerful offense like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, the gunslinger, doing nothing, would this happen? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen. The first quarter, San Francisco went 10-0 up. They then put another 13 points on the second. They went into the half 23 points up. There was no question that San Francisco were ever going to be trailing this. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo passing to wide open receivers on what I had previously thought was quite a good... They were wide open. Um, I thought it was quite a good secondary that that the, uh, the, the Packers had, but apparently, apparently not. Um, Kittle is unreal. The guy's come back off of, and he's got a pop knee and a, and a, a ligament damage in his ankle, and he's come back and he's had some ridiculous game with uh, what <laughs> he did though, and he had um, and he caught every single ball. He Very caught every single target, 129 yards and a touchdown. <sighs> you know, you can't argue can with that say? kind of production from from the guy. So obviously, the 49ers are, you know. Kyle Shanahan's baby, and they are. It's yeah. it's in a phenomenal offense right now, and they play phenomenal defense. And I would not be surprised if you would see them in the Super Bowl because I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, it is questionable though. What do you think happened to Aaron Rodgers and his 20 attempts to 100 yards? <laughs> oh, the D line just got after him, didn't they? The pressure that was sent onto Aaron Rodgers was unreal, and it's been time and time again. The d- the offensive coordinator has turned to Aaron Rodgers for years and said. Uh, we need you to just win this game for us, please, mate. If you could just chuck the ball up there and uh, throw some touchdowns. Let's see what happens. That'd be great. Yeah. Didn't get a chance. Did not give him a second to breathe. They put so much pressure on Rodgers that, uh, yeah, it it was never really, never really in doubt. I like the fact that, like, I like, I like, uh, this is why I love the NFL. The San Francisco 49ers two years ago were nobody. Literally nobody. And now they are probably considered to be one of the top two teams. Oh, yeah, in the four, five years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they've gone from so if Super Bowl to nobody to back up again. It's great fun. This is, this is the way we roll. Anyways, this is it for this week. Thank you so yeah. much for listening. Doop, 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 doop. Fake punt, fake punt, fake punt. Um, don't forget to follow us on fake underscore punt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Do we have Facebook? Yeah, we, have Facebook. we do have Facebook. But no Thank you so anymore. much for listening. This has been really fun.
Yeah. Peace out. Peace Michael. out.